Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patria, joined with Harris Kermani. Here to break down this wonderful January 20th slate. It's a Thursday and it's light, man. It is a light slate. Only three games to talk about tonight, but it's coming off of a massive 13 gamer. So it's a, it's a little bit of a break, Harris. It's, I think, you know, this week has been a weird one. It's either been like 10 plus games or... Uh, three or less, it, it seems to be. So we're we're gonna catch. I think this is the second week this season where we've had a week like this. But how are you, my friend? I haven't talked to you since. Uh, I, I can make it. It's not that long, man. It's been about three <laughs> days. But how are you? Ah, it feels like a long time every time, just because there's so many NBA games happening all at the same time. It's kind of hard to wrap your head around. So in a way, I'm kind of glad to have this uh, breathing room in between. So I, I'm I'm okay with the whole heavy and light uh, min max situation. And coming off of uh, a Jimmy Butler triple-double for him to get ejected today, it's just representative of what DFS can be on any given night. So I'm good. I know you were telling me about your lineups where it's not so uh, good tonight, but hopefully we can come and make it back now. Oh, uh, yeah, man. I had some Butler. I did have some Butler. And that's the only blemish on my lineups, which it hurts. I had uh, I had a decent amount of Trey Young. Um, I ended up falling on him just the way some of my lineups were constructed. Uh, ended up, you know, kind of pivoting off hard and ever so slightly, uh, just because it, it made sense. And listen, I had I had a good amount of Horford, I had a good amount of Trey, had way more Conchar than I did Melton. I talked about that in the podcast last night. I was a little bit more on Conchar. Uh, a ton of Joe Ingles, who has 20 points at halftime uh, at 3,700. You know, every everything was going right for me, man. Everything, except for that Jimmy Butler ejection, which uh, it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough blow because. You know, I'm looking at it right now. I'm I'm right outside of the green with still Demonis Sabonis left. Uh, still some guys playing, and I just know that uh, my best case is min cashing with a guy that I paid 9K for, who got me like 11.75 DK points. So, what could have been? <laughs> I was just say clearly the answer would have been to take Jaron Jackson again, man. Just just stick with it. Stick with it all the way through. It'll work out for I know. you. No, <laughs> I I, I should have. I should have just said to myself, what would Harris do? Jaron Jackson. Matisse Thibel, even though he's not playing, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, in all reality, man, it's it's one of those days where I'm ready to turn the page. I'm ready to jump into this three-gamer. Uh, I don't know if you listened, but uh, I'll say it for our listeners, just in case they missed yesterday's show, every Tuesday for the next few Tuesdays, I will be bringing on a special guest, uh, which is what we did last night. We had uh, Mike Barner over from Rotowire. Uh, we're going to be bringing in some other people from other sites just some industry knowledge people. And I think it's good to get some other guests on here once in a while and just a wealth of knowledge. So if you're not listening every day, single day, what are you doing? You should be, uh, you know, that's just my opinion. I spread it around a little bit, I guess, but you know, I'm going to sit here and say you should listen every single day, but we're going to be having a couple guests on for the next few Tuesdays. Uh, just something I like to do knowing that Tuesdays is usually a solo day for me. So why not? We have some industry friends out here. Uh, why not bring them on the show once in a while? Let people get to hear them. Go follow their content as well. But it's mine and Harris's night tonight. This is the this is the talk of the town. This is the story to be had. And listen, Harris, we get rave reviews, man. I'm not just saying it. I got a message the other day. People like to hear you, so I I want to get you on more shows eventually. I know you're a busy guy, so it's not going to happen. Two might be your limit this season. Uh, but you always crush it. You always bring the wealth of knowledge. I love doing these shows with you. So this is going to be a fun three-gamer, not just a boring three-gamer. We're going to make this one a good one. But before we jump into anything, quick shout-out to Thrive Fantasy. Guys, come prop up with us over there this season. Thrive is a daily fantasy sports and eSports app for player props. Thrive 
you eliminate countless hours of research and focus only on top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 of 20 available player prop bets. Build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fancy value for both the over and under, based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over 50000 in guaranteed prizes weekly and has awarded over $6 million so far. So head over there. Use the promo code ETHOS when you sign up. That's E-T-H-O-S. When you sign up, you'll receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. So you get free money. Free money. And listen, if you're overplaying my bookie, you have that free money already available. Uh, that is mybookie.ag as well. Another one of our presenting sponsors that we always talk about. We're just handing out free cash here, Harris. And you can, uh, you can find Thrive in the App Store, Play Store, or visit their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. So sign up and come prop with us today. Three games, Harris. That's it. Three. Yeah. But they're exciting. Phoenix versus Dallas. First game of the night. Uh, we'll go to the the injury report for this one. See what we got talking about. If they even have one. Yeah, here we go. Uh, so for Dallas, obviously, it's not yet submitted. But for the Suns, DeAndre Ayton has already been ruled out. And then the same names like Frank Kaminsky, Abdul Nader, Dario Sarge, all ruled out as well. We pretty much know what's going on over there for Dallas, though. They should be, for the most part, good to go outside of maybe Maxi Kleber because of aforementioned uh, he was dealing with that knee injury. But he was available for tonight's game. We can assume that he should be available for tomorrow, but something to keep an eye on. Anytime it's in the injury in a back-to-back, that's something to definitely monitor at the very least. And then for a game total, we're looking at a 213, two-and-a-half point spread being favored by Phoenix. I'll pass it over to you. Talk about the Suns. Yeah, and this is a matchup we got to see back-to-back near the start of the season with no Luka at that time, but we really got to see that these teams really went at each other throughout and you know close games both times, and now with Luka, you get that little bit of an extra wrinkle thrown in. But as far as Phoenix is concerned, it's really the same situation of what we've been looking at for the last couple of games now. It's clear that you know, Devin Booker is getting just more and more confident with the, his entire offense flowing through him, happy to be the alpha anytime DeAndre Ayton's out, put up 33 shots in the last game on route to 48 points and a 71.75 DK points night. So you know exactly where the offense is going to be flowing through. And I've said it a number of times that I usually prefer a Chris Paul over Devin Booker, but given the kind of slate, I'm finding myself landing on a couple of them going as a combo. Really, I think both their prices are great with the upside that they offer. Devin Booker's floor is pretty much solid solid at 41 to 42 at the moment for the last couple of games now, and he's shown you the upside. And as long as his shot is going at the efficiency that it has been, Devin Booker's just the kind of guy who gets on a streak, and until he really burns you on one of those games where he just decides to shoot four of 13 like he did against Toronto back earlier in the uh, earlier in the month of January. I'm happy to keep riding him. So between Devin Booker, Chris Paul at 7,500, both of them have actually gotten their price dropped a little bit from the last game against the Spurs, but had great performances. I believe this is going to be a close game with Dallas playing at home. So Phoenix is going to have to play a little bit more minutes. You know, Monty Williams loves pulling his starters out when he gets the opportunity, but I don't think he's going to get to do that here. So both of them are going to get in. And as always, you know, JaVale McGee didn't really go off and uh, pay his value in the last game. But again, at, at 3,700, he got 18. It's not the worst. Bismack Biombo happened to be the guy that just went off in the last game, but I'm not chasing that. I mean, he had the hot hand, played 25 minutes, gave you 39 DK points. And at his price tag, he could very well 
you know, pay it off again. 4,000 is between each of them. It's a bit of a coin flip. You can choose who you want to go with. I'm still going to stick with McGee, assuming that he's going to be the starter. But if we hear anything the other way around, maybe Biombo's a little bit of interest as well. You said it perfect, my friend. I am on McGee slightly more than Biombo, just simply because box score chasing. Uh, both these guys have the upside. Both these guys will have decent fours in this matchup. We know that Dallas has been one of the worst rebounding teams this league, uh, this year in this league. So I, I have no problem going back to the well with both those guys. I slightly prefer Booker over Chris Paul, even with the price discrepancy, simply because of position eligibility. Shooting guard is a position that I find I want to spend up a little bit more on this slate. I think there's a lot more point guard options that we feel a little bit more comfortable with. So I wouldn't mind either Paul or Booker. But I think I'll end up with more Booker, and I'm right there with McGee outside of those guys. And, you know, obviously the Biombo pivot if you're building multiple lineups. Not much more interest. Uh, on the Dallas side of the ball, I'll keep it short and sweet here. It's Luka Doncic, and that's it for me. I'm not going to go anywhere else here. We have two other games that I think we're going to probably end up with more ownership in, especially at the positions for these guys on Dallas that we will be looking at. So if you want to go to a Porzingis or anybody else, it's simply a pivot. But – I think at that $7,600 price tag, I prefer some other guys on this slate a little bit more. So don't mind Luka in this game. You said it. It's supposed to be competitive. I'm expected to be competitive. Luka's been playing extremely well lately. Uh, sign me up. I'm good with him. No problem. At 10-4, that's just too cheap for a guy that could triple-double on any given night. He has three triple-doubles over his past six games. Uh, sign me up. I'm good with that. Yeah, exactly. Even if he's not hitting the side of a barn door with his shots in two of his last three games, you just know he's going to get the rest of his ancillary stats to be able to get that out. And as you said, Porzingis, 7,600 isn't a bad spot to be able to take him, but there's been price adjustments for a number of these guys coming up in the next two games that just makes them a lot more attractive as far as both their floors and upsides are concerned. So Porzingis will probably be a pivot at best, but yeah, Luca, Luca or a bust. Next game, New Orleans Pelicans traveling to New York, taking on the Knickerbockers. Uh, we have Devontae Graham questionable. Kara Lewis Jr. has been ruled out. Zion Williamson out. And then, as we know, DD is in the G League. And then for the Knicks, Ryan Archie Diacono, Solomon Hill, Nerlens Noel, Cam Reddish, Derek Rose, all ruled out. I will pass it over to you to talk about the Pelicans. I think this game's probably going to draw a decent amount of ownership. Uh, but who are you looking at? Yeah. And even though. You know, the Knicks are usually a matchup in which the game gets slowed down a little bit. We know that uh, games at the Garden itself always have that little bit extra oomph on it. And in general, Brandon Ingram's price tag is just way, way too cheap for the kind of upside that he offers. And the floor has been incredibly secure into that low 40s. And the fact that his price is down from the 8,600 that he had last game, it just makes me even more interested in being able to take him. Again, that shooting guard, small forward eligibility, a guy who's going to be a primary ball handler for this team, especially given the fact that he's really starting to get up there as far as his assists are concerned as well, which was a little bit of a downturn early on in this uh, in the season. But over the last 10 days, he's been at over seven assists a game, which only helps get the rest of it all in place, as well as his offense coming back as a shooting with his Achilles soreness was a little bit of a concern, but despite these last two games not being as good as the ones prior to that, he's looking just so much more confident with that. So I'm happy to go ahead and take him. JV as well, 7,700. You know, if we're not good, McGee is going to be in most of my lineups most likely, but if I'm taking a pivot onto the other side, JV would always be uh, one of my favorite spend-ups. I think given the centers that are on the rest of the slate, he's probably my favorite center, given all of the other options. And again, at 7,700, you know the kind of upside he's going to offer. The Knicks do play a slower pace game, which will allow him to go into work in the post on Julius Randle. If you can get that switch with an R.J. Barrett, a Mitchell Robinson, that's great. JV will absolutely eat him alive. So 
great to be able to go ahead and take those guys. And if you're looking for solidity at the end of the lineup, never look past that either Josh Hart or Herb Jones. I think both their price tags are great for the fact that they could give you 40 and 30 DK point upsides respectively with, again, solid floors because their minutes are absolutely secure. They're probably the two best defenders on the team as well. So just a great spot to be able to take quite a few Pelicans here. I'd be wary of going a little too high, but I do like uh, the combination of maybe taking two, if not three of them. Yeah, no, I think you hit it perfectly. I think JV and Ingram are both underpriced. I, I'm with you. JV is my top center on the slate. I don't even rem- like mind on DK running that double center lineup with him and McGee. I just think that his upside for that price tag is tremendous. I mean, he dropped 50 against his Knicks team uh, last time they faced off. It's in the garden. I'm all over JV. I think he's a great option. I think if Devontae Graham's ruled out too, that will just open up a ton of value. We kind of seen Jose Alvarado just flash hold of this starting or I guess backup uh, point guard spot, and I wouldn't be surprised if he starts. Um, Sadoransky may get that net, uh, that little bit of a hedge, but don't sleep on Jose Alvarado. I think he'd be a very smart GPP play. Keep an eye on who's starting, though, if Graham is ruled out. Even if Sadoransky starts, I still might end up with more Alvarado just based on an ownership standpoint, but there's going to be a lot of value that comes from that kind of just that one player sitting out. Obviously, we'd see Ingram handle the ball a little bit more. Josh Hart would handle the ball a little bit more. But we're talking about min-salary guys with Sadoransky and Alvarado where they're just guys to throw in there, and they're part of the reason why I said in that first game I'll probably end up with a little bit more Booker than Chris Paul because we've already talked about a few point guards right now that we're going to have ownership in. We're going to get to that other side of the ball where there's going to be some more point guard ownership. So, uh, I'm with you, though. Ingram, JV, and then if anybody uh, starts in place of Graham, or even if they don't, like Alvarado, I'll have interest there as well. On the Knicks side of the ball, it's going to be short and sweet for me here. Kemba Walker immediately came back, started, played 29 uh, minutes, 29.3 minutes, uh, put up 29 DK points. He's 6,100, but this is a great matchup for him. I like him even a little bit more if we do see that Devontae Graham starts, because I know Devontae Graham is very much like Trey Young and just pitiful when it comes to defense. Probably not chasing that Evan Fournier game. Came out and went bonkers in that last one on 10 to 17 shooting. Uh, had put up three defensive stats, which is very unlike Evan Fournier. A guy usually just you know lets you blow right by him. Uh, doesn't even stick his arm out for the most part. So I don't think I'm going to chase that. It's a three game slate. We kind of have to take a stance somewhere and just try to avoid you know some box score chasing. So with Biombo and with Evan Fournier, I plan on doing it in both those spots. But I'll be all over. I think Kemba Walker at 6100 as long as he's starting. There's no doubt about it. He's going to play decent minutes. It was his first game back, and he played almost 30 minutes. So I'm right there with him. I don't think I'll end up on Randall based on price tag. It's not a bad price tag for him whatsoever. Uh, he absolutely you know, stunk in the matchup against him earlier in the season. 37 minutes, he had a really down game. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen necessarily again. You can't just go off of a one-game bias. But there's other guys I could spend up on on this site that I think are, are in a little bit of better spots that I feel a little bit more comfortable with. You know, give me Ingram over him uh, for 1100 less. I'll, I'll take that any day of the week. So I think for the most part, it might just end up being Kemba Walker for me. Yeah, I was going to say I'm pretty much avoiding the Knicks altogether. Randall would have been like my only pivot if I was trying to be sneaky and not go with some of these other guys, but probably just not going to be cute with it. Uh, Kemba Walker's not bad, don't get me wrong. I just have always that little bit of inkling that if Kemba Walker does something stupid, he's not going to play the rest of the game. Thibodeau is going to go back to Burks and I just don't trust uh, enough of their rotation. Yeah. Kemba should be starting probably is their best guard as far as the team's concerned, but just Thibodeau, Thibodeau is a weird guy. He loves his Alec Burks and he'll go ahead and throw him out there anytime uh, Kemba does something he doesn't like. So I'll probably have some of him, but don't go too heavy. Cause yeah, it's just one of those things. All right. Final game of the night. Pacers traveling to golden state, taking on the warriors here. 
for the injury report, Draymond, Otto Porter, James Wiseman, all ruled out. Pacers on the second half of a back-to-back, so no injury report for them. Uh, this game is coming in right now at a 216-and-a-half game total, so it will be the highest of the night. Ten-point spread being favored towards Golden State. I'll let you start off with the Pacers. Yeah, the Pacers with uh, Miles Turner now being ruled out for up to the All-Star break, which is terrible for all my fantasy teams, but great for someone like Agoga Batadze, who went ahead and showed that he's got the capability to be able to start, play well. I wouldn't read too, too much in the fact that he absolutely went off on the Clippers, but again, at 3,700, it's between him and McGee, really where I think. And if I don't actually end up going with JV, I had some lineups in which I was going with uh, Abitatse and McGee and really cheaping out on those guys to be able to kind of get up on some of these priced up options that are with great upside, like an Ingram or or even a uh, or even a Porzingis or even a Doncic. They were all kind of working out for me when I was taking these cheaper options over here. So I'm happy to go with uh, Bitatse as my kind of favorite value guy, just given the opportunities that are there. I think with uh, with Miles Turner also out, you're going to see O'Shea Brissett get an opportunity to play more as well. I put up 10 shots in the last game in 22 minutes. He plays a lot of backup center for them when they go small. He has the capability to be able to play the 3, 4, and 5. So I think the upside is there, again, looking at the value options here. And going up to the top, you know, Sabonis is always great. 10K is a pretty fair price tag for not only what he's been doing, but how well he's been playing. Uh, you know, four out of the la- four out of the last five games have been 40 plus 58 and two of them to show you the upside that he has. I just think with the opportunity of getting an Ingram or even a, a Levert who's been really playing well as a as a primary option for the Indiana Pacers, both those guys at that mid tier price tag just have the kind of upside that uh, allows you to you know, take a Doncic and even if he doesn't absolutely go off or take a Curry later on, they they still give you that little bit of uh, buffer zone because they're just going to be that much more important to an offense that is missing two of its main guys. Yeah, we also need to kind of see what happens in this Laker game tonight. Uh, Brogdon did return, so I kind of want to see how that usage gets distributed. The ball handling responsibilities get distributed between Levert and Brogdon. I mean, we've been seeing Levert kind of play on ball a lot lately. Uh, struggled a little bit in that. I wouldn't say struggle. He had a great game. He just didn't throw out a ton of assists against the Clippers, but he had nine against Phoenix, uh, six against Chicago, six against Charlotte. Uh, nine against Chicago in the game before that, and then 11 against Houston. So we might see that step back a little bit with Brogdon back in the lineup. Now, granted, it is a back-to-back, so it's Achilles soreness Brogdon's dealing with. It's not just, a, you know, all right, I broke my finger, I'm good to go. This may be a game where he possibly sits out in the second half of a back-to-back. They may want to limit his minutes, you know, only a second game returning. So there's a lot of variables that come into play with this. But I think Levert at 7,900, again, point per dollar. I'll probably still prefer Ingram over him. Uh, I'll probably still prefer to spend up on Booker or go down to Paul a little bit, but he's definitely in play. I mean, listen, if, if Indiana keeps this game close, it's going to be because of Levert it's, or Sabonis. It's bottom line. One of those two guys, if not both of them, are going to have to go bananas. But I'm kind of with you on everything you said. I'm mostly going to be looking at ancillary pieces. I don't mind looking at a Justin Holiday as a low-owned guy. Chris Duarte at 4,300 I think has plenty of upside in this matchup, even if the game gets out of hand. Still has plenty of capability of seeing like high 20s, at least uh, possibly even low 30s minutes. But a lot of variables are in play. And then, of course, you know, Goga and uh, Brissett, I think both those guys make sense. They'd probably be the two guys that play the most if the game gets out of hand. And I think if it stays close, they're probably see, still seeing close to 20 minutes apiece. So I think there's just a lot of good you know pivots uh, in this game. On the Golden State side of the ball, we're eating chalk here. We're playing Kaminga, 4,300. There's no doubt about it. Kerr came out and said that he's going to continue to start. Otto Porter's ruled out. Draymond's ruled out. 
I don't see why we don't play him, man. Just eat the chalk at 4,300. Even if the game gets out of hand, again, another young guy that's going to continue to play big minutes. Sign me up. I'm good with it there. Uh, I'm probably not going to end up on too much Steph Curry. I think I prefer Doncic over him for $100 less. And then I think if you wanted to take stabs at any of these other guys, like Wiggins at 6'6", sure, why not? My lineups haven't really been falling on there. Uh, so I'll probably just mostly keep it with Kaminga. And then I wanted to play a little bit of Looney just because he's been rebounding the ball at an absurd rate. But there's so many centers on the slate where it, it's tough to get there. He's nothing more than a pivot over over a guy like JaVale McGee or a Goga. But in your cash games and your single entries, you're probably still going to prefer to go with those other guys over him. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Uh, Kaminga is definitely my favorite guy to be able to take on the slate. Uh, I'm always going to keep Curry in the player pool. Again, it goes back to how close you think the game could potentially stay. If you believe in, you know, if Brogdon comes back, uh, they have a couple more guys to be able to try and keep it a little bit more interesting. Then Steph Curry definitely uh, comes into play as a guy who has the monster upside. We always know. I'm also just, again, as a GPP pivot, I'm finding myself taking Clay Thompson lately. I took him in the last game. Not that I love the fact that he's only playing 22 to 23 minutes, but it's to me, it's all about uh, how I'm watching his shooting, how much more comfortable he looks with it. Again, he's shooting anywhere between seven to eight threes a game. And the fact that he's hitting two to three of them a game gives you that opportunity that if he, if he gets a couple more of those shots, he can easily pay off that 5,300. It's not in the most monster upside. That 35 is probably the ceiling of what he can do given the minutes that he's getting at the moment. But again, in, in a three-game slate, that one guy who just happens to give you seven, eight X on uh, on a given night can be the one that smashes it over. So I'm finding myself in a couple of my GPP pivots, uh, getting myself a little bit of clay and seeing if he can you know, have a quarter where he just goes off. I can't fault you, man. It's Clay Thompson. I mean, <laughs> dude had one of the best quarters in basketball history. So uh, there's no doubt about it. He's definitely had the upside. A 5,300 is a very comfortable price tag too. where I think it's safe to assume we're going to get anywhere between 20 and 25 at the bare minimum from him, even if he continues to play. And who knows? Maybe we get the news that the minutes limit is going to get increased and he plays 26, 28. If he's playing 26 or 28 minutes, you lock him in. There's no doubt about it with that upside. Uh, I don't think twice about it. At the current minutes restriction, if they say, hey, yeah, we're, we're going to keep them around that 20-minute mark, 22-minute mark, then, yeah, I think that's when you kind of temper your expectations, but you still get a few shares of them as well. All right, my friend. Three games. Cruise through in 20 minutes. Player tier segment time. Your priced-up option that you are looking at spending, I think I have an idea of who you're going with, but you tell me. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a couple of options that you could go ahead and go through here with, but honestly, I think I'm going to end up with uh, Devin Booker at 8300 as my uh, most priced up guy he just he said the amount of shots that he's getting the entire kind of vibe has changed about him to go and be a lot more aggressive to be able to get to the basket i feel like monty williams has been preaching that a lot more to devin booker get himself uh, back to getting those 20 25 shots up you know shoot those threes even though he has been having a little bit of a struggle from the three-point line by and large in the last you know two to three weeks but it's all about that confidence for him. I think the upside is absolutely monstrous. It's going to be a game that I expect to be quite close, and I really like him for that 8,300 price tag. So I was wrong. I thought you were going to go Ingram. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to say Ingram is my mid-tier because it's 8,000, but yeah, I guess it's... <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, te- by the rules, Harris, it's 8K and above. <sighs> all right. It's considered. <laughs> so now, now, see, now, now you're changing the rules here. Now, uh, you could take him at mid-tier. It's, it's very similar. So I was, I was, I love Ingram, but uh, I'm going to go with Dante because I have somebody else in my mid-tier in that same game, which now if you steal him, I'll be a little upset with you, but I'll <laughs> let it happen. Uh, I think Dante got 10-4 on a game with only, uh, on a slate with only three games. Raw points is going to matter. You know, we're looking for 50 minimum here. 
And there's not many games where as long as Doncic is getting those ancillary stats, which we can imagine he's pretty good at, he gets him on most nights, you know, only two out of the past three games to score anything less than 10 assists. But uh, on those games, one of them 38, which you can still cash out if he gets you 38. We don't love it, but he'll you'll still cash out. But even in that other game uh, against New York, we only had five assists. He still put up 45 DK points. So you're looking at a ceiling of anywhere between 70 and 80 with Doncic. Uh, a floor probably hovering around that, you know, 45 to 50 is what I imagine. So at 10-4 in a game that we expect to stay pretty close, I'll take that all day long. Be your mid-tier option. Yep. And when, since I'm not going to cheat on Ingram, I'm going to go ahead and say that his partner in crime, Jonas Valanciunas, at the center at 7,700 is going to be my favorite. Bastard. Mid-tier. <laughs> there you go. Got to get one or the other. As you yeah. said, JV's just been absolutely monstrous at the Garden. Uh, not only win the Pelicans, but the Toronto Raptors with Memphis. He just loves being able to go up against uh, a slower-paced team, one where he gets a little bit more opportunity to be able to work in the post. And his upside is just monstrous i expect it to be a game in which there's going to be a lot of missed shots because new york can't score and well the pelicans just love to chuck them up as well so lots of rebounding opportunities to go ahead and round out a stat line and i think uh 40 is the floor for what he can do over here and he has that upside to be able to draw 50 plus if the match stays as close as i expect it to be well now that i think about it i think uh i think it is ak uh or less for that that mid-tier uh no you know I, I i was gonna say joe val uh but i'll go with kemba walker at six one uh, i would like him a little bit better at that five seven five eight range but i there's still plenty of upside i mean this game should be fairly competitive which is what i'm expecting as well only one game on the slate which is the golden state warriors game and pacers that really has a a marginal spread so I think there's still plenty of upside left in Kemba at 6-1. Probably the one thing that worries me is the ownership. I think he's going to be fairly owned in this. So if you're trying to make pivots, he's probably not the guy you're looking to do it with. Uh, but I do think that at 6-1, there's still some meat left on the bone. And then for your value play, who are you looking at? Yeah, we already talked about Jonathan Kaminga being absolutely chalk. So I'm going to go ahead and pivot a little bit away from that and say Goga Vitatse at 3,700 just gives you the upside uh, while we have JaVale McGee on the other end for 4,000, uh, between him and Biombo, it's almost a little bit of a coin flip to be able to see who's really going to go off. I do think Bitaze has the opportunity here to really be able to produce, uh, given a matchup in which you know he has the capability to be able to stretch the floor. He's that little bit quicker uh, to be able to get on there. And if they're not playing a lot more of O'Shea Brissett, or if, uh, you know, if Sabonis is finding himself having a little bit of trouble with the pace, you might even see Vitate get closer to that 25-28 minute mark. So I like his floor, and I think he's got the upside with uh, his uh, diverse stat line to give you anywhere between 25 to 30. I like it. Yeah, I think Kaminga and you know the whole McGee, Biombo, it, it speaks for themselves. I mean, you're probably going to have those, at least two of the three, in pretty much most, if not all your lineups. Uh, the coin flip, it's crazy because both these guys are averaging uh, exactly 21.6 fantasy points per game this season. Both at 4K. It, it, it's as close as a coin flip as you can get, but I think I'm right there with you. I still prefer McGee. Uh, but this is going to be a little bit of a caveat. Obviously, if Devontae Graham plays, we're not going to be looking at him. But again, I think Jose Alvarado is a great option to look at. Just I don't think he'll draw as much ownership as Sadoransky. I don't know if as many people have been kind of just watching the recent play as of late. And Alvarado is kind of rising in that depth chart. Um, even if he comes off the bench, I would expect him to play about 20 to 24 minutes at the very least. He is very versatile. He's an excellent defender, and that's the biggest thing there. Uh, this dude just racks up steals. He's a pretty good point guard where he'll probably end up getting you close to you know, a 10-6 and six game if he ends up starting or even playing that amount of minutes. Plus the steals at 3K, somebody I have a ton of interest in. But 
routinely playing about 15 minutes in the backup role, where, like I said, Graham sits, minimum is probably 20 to 24. The upside is he starts and plays 30, 28 to 30. Uh, but obviously, the chalk. We can't go wrong with the chalk either. But <laughs> that rounds out the entire slate. We'll move on to our Thrive Fantasy Picks of the Night. I'm a gentleman, so you're always going to get the first pick, my man. So I'll let you take it. <laughs> I appreciate that. And, um, you know, there's a couple of uh, options over here that I did end up liking. But, again, we like to give the uh, the juicier options if we can. And I just think Brandon Ingram, 35.5, that over 105 with his points, rebounds, and assists. I think it's a great spot to be able to take him. Again, against the New York Knicks, uh, I the Stars like to be able to go and be that little bit more aggressive as far as their op- their offense is concerned. I think Ingram could get somewhere close to 30-plus just in points itself, so the rest of the stat line will just go ahead and work itself out. I think that's a cool 105 you can lock yourself in for. So I'm going to give two, and it's going to be based on caveats here. Uh, Steph Curry, five and a half assists. The under, I know that sounds crazy, but if this game gets out of hand and we only see three quarters out of Steph Curry, uh, we may very well see him hit that under at right around five is what I'm expecting. That's a very risky one, but I think the neutral one would be – well, not neutral because it's still a 110 would be the over on Kemba Walker's points at 16 and a half. Uh, like I said, starting, he's going to took 14 shot attempts in that last game. So, or 13, I'm sorry. Uh, he'll still be able to churn out some pretty good offense for this team. And bottom line, they're down on point guards. I know what you said with Tibbs and how if he's playing dumb, but the dude missed a ton of time. As soon as he came back, he put him right back in that starting lineup. So I think as long as we see Derrick Rose out, he should continue to see plenty of minutes. Quickly is kind of an afterthought in the Tibbs rotation at this point. Still getting minutes, but uh, not enough faith in in Quickly where they're going to give him a full workload or anything like that. So I'll go with those two. You know, both have a little w- a risk associated with them, but I think they're both pretty uh, pretty solid upside bets as well. And that brings us home, man. That's everything we have. So give us a follow on Twitter at Mike Apatria, M I K E A P O T R I A. You can follow Harris at H-A-K underscore devil. That's H-A-K underscore D-E-V-I-L. Thumbs up, five star, subscribe. Leave us a review. We do appreciate it. It means the world to us. I mean, we're not getting enough of them. I think we need a couple more. I mean, I've been I've been pushing for it. We've, uh, I think, I didn't even notice, man, but we surpassed the 500 podcast mark uh, over the last week and it wow. kind of slipped right by me. Yeah. So I think we're at like 507 or 508 shows at this point. Uh, we've done it quickly and that's because we are one of the only seven day a week podcast for DFS basketball. So if you're one of the listeners that just has yet to do it and you were saying, why should I? It's, it's a nice thing to do. You know, we're, it's a new year, new you, uh, drop a little five star and leave us a review. Maybe it doesn't even need to be the most, uh, flattering review. As long as you leave five stars, I'll take it. Uh, but, Harris, is there anything else you want to leave us with before we get out of here? No, not at all. It's just a you know, great year. As I said, 500 podcasts, that's, that's absolutely crazy. You know, We put a lot of work into it to make sure that we can give you guys the value, not only of your time, but also of the picks that you get. So, you know, just like you said, please give us that rating. It'll help us out lots and gives us the motivation to keep doing exactly what we've been doing so far. Yeah, plus... I mean, we're degenerates, man. We get we're, we're <laughs> basketball junkies. We're probably gonna do it, even if you don't review. Uh, they're gonna still come. We we just have nothing better to do, and we're degenerates who love basketball and DFS. So, uh, 
Maybe. You know what? Yeah, no. Leave the review. Don't ignore what I just said. But thank you guys all for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, it'll be Santino. It'll be Dave Menkoff. They'll be handling that Thursday slate. And I think Santino and I are switching these weekends. So I'll be doing Sunday. He'll be doing Saturday. Uh, a little bit of a mix up there. He's got work. So I'll be taking uh, I'll be taking care of that. So if you're wondering where I am on Saturday, that's your answer. I'll be doing the Sunday show. But as always, guys, take care. Let's go win some tournaments.